0: Hello.
1: <laughs> this is exciting
0: it is exciting and it smells really good in here mm. ah, this ah, it's so good. um so i want to ask you you grew up around here and um oh by the way i'm with will Curiosus. <laughs> do
1: you say your name Curiosus? oh that was that was really good is that, did it, I get the, it? The Greek is like, kitty Well, yeah. Like we, don't expe- we don't expect that of people. You so know, like, I'm not Greek. Like, I I'm think sorry. like, I think like, <laughs> my mom always says, and she's not Greek, mm-hmm. uh, carry a disease. <laughs> so like, carry Aziz.
0: Carry Yeah, very good. Okay, very good. I'm trying. <laughs> no, no,
1: no, no, you're doing, you're doing, you're doing.
0: Um... So you, you grew up around here, and you've been, you have started music from a very young age. How did you first get into music when you were like a little baby? A uh, little baby Will.
1: It's, it's kind of, yeah, that's, uh, so my. Uh, I know it's a big question. Yeah, <laughs> my parents, just to preface it, they're not musical mm-hmm. at all. They don't really, they still, to this day, they don't really, uh, like, understand it. It's more like a right. Muzak for them, something to <laughs> fill they like, the it's back nice room. what Will does. <laughs> yeah, ex- that's exactly, yeah. So, so anyways, my, uh, it was, like, their 10-year wedding anniversary. It was a young little whippersnapper or whatever. Uh-huh. And uh, they, uh, my dad, like, secretly, like, the movers came in to move this, like, big thing. And he was like, it's a piano. And they came and moved in this piano into our house and uh, my mom was, like, really sick. And my dad was, like, trying to be all quiet and everything. So it was, like, this whole, like, kind of, like, subterfuge type situation. <laughs> oh and uh, and uh, so anyway, she's coming. Like, they're, they're moving it in. And my mom's like, what's going on down there? And she's, like, sick and kind of pissed off. Right. And, uh, and uh, she, like, sneaks on down. She's, like, all sick and, like, what did you do? why did you buy this piano? Like, I wanted like something else. Like, I don't know. She was like being kind of like,
0: I wanted the natural alternative to a piano. (laughs) I know.
1: I know. Like who's going to do it? And then like my dad looks over at me. He's like, Will's going to play piano.
0: And you're like, Oh, I guess I'm playing piano five. I was like, (laughs) okay,
1: sounds good. So I started lessons and, uh, yeah, it was just like the, the, the seminal moment I think of my career is when I was 12 Mm -hmm. and I got asked to, uh, be the piano player in this dixieland jazz band mm-hmm. with other like 12 year olds.
0: That's crazy. Yeah. Wait, <laughs> yeah. So it was a dixieland band of 12 year olds. Yes. Yeah,
1: so 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 my friend's father was like a booking agent and teacher. Oh my. In the town So he had like connections and his kid played trombone Mm -hmm. and he's like, I'm going to build this band. And the band ended up being called the ham swags.
0: The ham swags. All of our
1: names put together.
0: That's amazing. That's also because people do, people try to do that when they're naming things Mm because it's hard to name your group. Yeah. And I feel like people try that and it never works out.
1: It it, kind of like (laughs) fell into place. I don't know. There were six of us. It was a big band, three Mm -hmm. horns like and rhythm section, but no guitar. We never found the right guitar player. So it was Mm -hmm. Hunter Andrew, Mark, Stu, Will, and Garrett, but then it was Apostrophe Scott, because Scott was my friend's dad, who oh, like okay. booked all the shows for us, and right. we toured around the whole area playing like senior citizen homes, doing master classes in schools oh and God. everything, so it was like...
0: Wait, that's also adorable to picture a bunch of 12-year-olds just being like... We're in Dixieland band.
1: Oh, that, well, we got so many gays because all the old people loved it. Right, it's like this right. novel thing, like Absolutely. young kids playing really old music. Yeah. So, that was that was it pretty much. Oh, that was man. that was what hooked me, and it was like I never really took it seriously. And then I hit a point in my life where I was like, I'm going to be a musician.
0: Yeah. So then you you know went off to school. It was you went to Denver. Yeah, I okay. went to the
1: University of Denver. Yeah. It was kind of like I had a existential crisis because my parents were like you can do music but you got to do something else oh
0: okay yeah
1: and uh, so i was like looking at like i was like what do i want to be i was like i like the environment like i want to (laughs) preserve that like do some hippy dippy thing (laughs) and uh so i was like applying to be an environmental engineer at a few schools and then last minute i was like I don't know if I can. I was gonna say bad words. I don't want to do that. You
0: absolutely can. Oh. I marked this thing explicit so okay. people can just say yeah. whatever they want. Yeah, <laughs> I was gonna.
1: I was. I was just. I was just like, "Fuck it!" And I was like, "I'm gonna go and study music." Mm-hmm. My teachers were like, "You're crazy. Do you understand like what you have to do for audition processes?" Right. I had two months, so my mom like let let me miss school and shit. She would like sign me out, and I would go Whoa. practice in the band room. And I was just like, it was like seven hours a day of like shedding. It was like so for me it was like a very like, oh my God. And then um yeah. And then I I switched all the I, all the schools that I applied to that had good music schools, mm-hmm. like Indiana, University of Illinois, mm-hmm. like Midwest ones. And then there's like this and then like I applied out West as well. But then there's like University of Denver. My dad was just like, why not? Yeah. It's Colorado. Like why not just see and uh I did my audition and everything, and, like, I I lucked out and I had, like, a good scholarship to go to the school, which, yeah. like, for my parents showed them that there was, like, oh, like, you don't have to go, to, you don't have to pay, like, the whatever, $55,000. Yeah. Like, it's, like, for me, I went to Colorado school, mm-hmm. studied, wonderful, beautiful facilities. Yeah. I lucked out and they, I had an incredible jazz teacher. Uh, I was just thinking about them actually before you came. And oh, I hadn't yeah? thought that, thought about them in a while. But the director was this guy Lynn Baker, who's just total, total badass, really like salient man. Mm-hmm. And uh, and then my teacher was this guy Eric Gunnison, and he like he went to school for being a drummer and then switched to composition, oh, okay. and then ended up touring playing piano with this famous jazz vocalist. Her name is Carmen McRae. Mm-hmm. She's like this old like and. <laughs> She would just teach him on the stage. She just like made him, she like taught him piano and like he learned it a bunch. He had always played a little piano, but like he would he just remember telling me, like, yeah, man, I'd play a wrong chord and I'd get a look from Connor. <laughs> it's like, don't play that Stank chord guy. ever again. <laughs> so I, the, at the school, it was like, it was Colorado. It's kind of like the Colorado bluegrass vibes. Like, oh, I okay. love it. I love it. There's like the whole electro scene and that mm-hmm. is what it is. But, uh, <laughs> uh, So yeah, so that was that was I left there and then I don't know. I
0: do wanna ask you because I (laughs) So I wanna ask you about the whole Fender Roads reconstruction.
1: Oh yeah. So that was wow. That was um I got a grant yeah school.
0: So wait, did you was this the kind of thing where you were like, I just really wanna reconstruct a Fender
1: Roads. Will you give me money? I bought one. I see. And I was like, I wanna rebuild it. Yeah so i kind of like phrased it in a certain way where i got to like get my own roads like mm-hmm. fixed up and everything yeah and we technically be the schools but other kids had like done that and the school just like kind of lets you have it yeah. as a part of like the, the process right I so it. i did it for other people as well but it was like the process of learning and like watching videos and just like sitting there and tinkering and then eventually like start to build a network of people who are doing that, like, oh, I need my Fender roads repaired. Like, right up, will I remember doing it for a studio session, and you get really intimate with the instruments. Now, mine, sadly, it's he's an old man. They're old <laughs> instruments. That's the thing. Is like, yeah, and like, none of lot, the,
0: nobody's like here. Here's a brand new road. What <laughs> I
1: ran into was like the, the reproduction parts are not up to quality. Okay. So, like, you're buying shit that's, like, doesn't fit right. Screws that, like, are a little too big and are stripping your holes. So when you put in the original screws, they don't. So it's, like, these weird things that just, like, kind of erode the integrity of the instrument. And they, uh, yeah they're just old yeah I've, I've like played some so there's like mark one mark two mark three mark four mark five okay. I think m- maybe a mark six is like a MIDI new one that just came out but mark one and mark two are kind of the classic ones like okay. mark one was there's the silver top late 60s mark one was like 70s and then mark two was late 70s into 80s okay. and I played some mark twos that have sat in studios and haven't been like road tested that right still work they're and not going nice to gigs. <laughs> but they're nasty instruments because they're really hard to tune. And the older they are, the more the tine shakes and the more it moves the spring. So you're just going to have a tendency to go flat. So I ran into touring was like, the roads would be like out of tune first f- 15 minutes because it just slips out and you'd spend right. 45 minutes before the show to tune. And you're like, this is not <laughs> worth it anymore. I'm going to go buy a Nord and make yeah. my life easy. Okay,
0: yeah. See, this was sort of my next question because I do feel like, and maybe... I'm not like a keyboards player and, and I'm not going to like, you know, jazz gigs and like jazz adjacent gigs all the time. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, maybe I'm just clueless, but I do feel like, um, in the last, you know, several years or so, I do feel like people are starting to be more like purist about like, yeah, like we gotta have a Rhodes when like, you know, say when, you know, my dad was in his twenties or something, it was like you know, everybody's carting around this roads and it's like really fucking heavy and really annoying and then, you know, all of a sudden you could just get a keyboard that had a road sound and it was like <gasps> just blowing every I mean like, do you do you feel like it's a big enough difference for you that like the like having the actual roads is really important, or do you feel like it depends on the gig?
1: That's a great question. I think I think it really comes down to feeling, right? Mm-hmm, yeah. I think like a Fender Rhodes feels different, especially when you're playing it in a room. It feels different than a like a keyboard emulating a Fender Rhodes. Same, I think, goes with the B three. Yeah. Having a real B three in the room, playing a real B three on stage, like that is like.
0: <laughs> it's that face. No one can see your face yeah, right now, uh, but like it just—it's like yeah. Okay. <laughs> the, the way
1: I can describe it best is like you're sitting there. And like there's this switch on the left, and it's mm-hmm. like the magic switch. <laughs> and what the magic switch does is is it turns the Leslie faster. And the Leslie is okay. a rotating speaker that the B3 or whatever M100, many different types, but they go through the Leslie sometimes. Mm-hmm. And uh, not a requirement, but it, it's classic. Yeah. And uh, so the Leslie is a spinning speaker on top, and it'll be like, <laughs> and then and then and then you'll flip the magic switch, and it'll go and so you can like kind of flip this thing back and forth while you're playing the organ like you you figure out like oh these like these chords work better Mm -hmm. they're not piano chords they're organ chords yeah but uh yeah so like playing that stuff live and like feeling the wind of the speaker yeah like hitting you as you turn it faster
0: it's a different overall experience the, yeah, that yeah I, I mean maybe for me superior. i <laughs> i have
1: what they call a hammond xk3c which mm-hmm. is like the hammond digital model okay it's like it's like it's like the b3 it's like a emulator it's a digital like thing mm-hmm. and it, but it has draw bars it has a tube in it which gives it a more that leslie sound because yeah. leslie's a tube amp um but it's
0: yeah, it's just not quite and the same.
1: It's it, it's a feeling. It's like with the piano. Like I, that's the one instrument I really can't play on a keyboard because yeah. playing a real piano is
0: it's just, it's irreplaceable.
1: I know. Yeah, <laughs> I know. And like you live your life like just playing keyboards all the time. Right. Where now, I have access to a be- like beautiful grand pianos, and oh I get my. to practice them all the time. And I've n- not had that since I was in college. So it's like wow.
0: Yeah, spoiled. Look at you. I know.
1: I know. I was playing like the other day. I was playing the the Steinway D that w- was the CSO used, like a stage quality Steinway D, and uh, it was it's uh, it wasn't the best piano I had ever played, but mm-hmm. it's just the feeling. It's yeah. like it's like bathing in like I can't describe <laughs> like like a keyboard's like very shallow. It's like standing yeah. ankle deep in like water where like. Like a Steinway D's like swimming in like the ocean. It's like yeah. bottomless. Yeah. So that's
0: okay. Yeah.
1: That was a that was one motivate. I was just tired of the keyboard things. But yeah. you can make them. Yeah, they hurt my hands to get the sound that you want because it's on or off, and yeah. there's like. I I won't get too deep. <laughs> no, into no no it. no. But but fine. yeah, it's I, no, I, I get I'm a saying. total like nerd for that.
0: <laughs> um, I do want to ask um. So you sort of changed gears partway through your education, and you got your master's more, it was more education-focused? Yeah. Um, was there something specific that kind of made you oh. change gears? or This
1: is the finishing piece, because that was, <laughs> sorry, I, I didn't finish the story, and you just kind of... Oh, no! <laughs> no, it's good, it's good, it's good, it's good from college. I totally m- missed that. So... The deal with my parents was the reason why University of Denver was a good choice was mm-hmm. because they had this five year program. Oh, I see. Which was like a it was like a dual degree, but yeah. you end up with a master's. <laughs> now, it was it was not a good program. Excuse me, <laughs> but uh, th- it doesn't exist anymore. Oh, okay. So and it's fine. Uh, we can just we can knock it. Yeah, what we want. but <laughs> but me and my one friend and like she's like a singer songwriter kind of in Nashville now. And we were both in, like, the education school, and we, like, went through the same process. We had both done the three years of undergraduate, then your fourth year, your senior year, you start taking graduate classes. And then your fifth year is just student teaching and graduate classes. And it was just, like... It was yeah. this like one track, like get just get your license type d- oh, okay. degree, yeah. Like get a master's and get your license, and that's like you're ready to go, right? It wasn't about like learning how to teach; it was just about getting your credentials. Okay,
0: so not really so much the pedagogy aspect.
1: Yeah, so okay. so, so so we kind of lit a fire. Yeah, and the whole college building burned down. Pretty no. much. <laughs> no, no, no. We like. There's this one woman we called the Ice Queen. She was just so cold. <laughs> and she thought we went behind her back because we talked to the chairman, who was like her good friend. And we had like known him from our senior year. His Bruce Ermacher. Oh, my. Yeah. Bruce. <laughs> he's like 5'4", but wears a cowboy hat.
0: Oh, my God. I love him. Yeah. He's, he's <laughs> adorable. And he was
1: this genius. Like he, he uh, was a proponent of what he called like aesthetic education, like an appreciation of the simple things. <laughs> like like you'd be like you sit there with your cup of coffee and you just pour the cream in and you watch it swirl. <laughs> and okay. you're like okay bruce i get it like
0: we're on the same page bruce yeah so it's
1: like it's it's just like a very like hmm. so but anyways we talked with him mm-hmm. he was the chairman okay. and then the head of our program she got on very not She wasn't. She felt we went behind her back, and like went because then it went down to her, and it was this whole situation that blew up, and it ended up with like us having to talk with the deans, and we ended up getting what we wanted, which like like we got something. (laughs) Yeah, we we got something more than what we had set out to get because we ended up getting like a legit like masters in curriculum and instruction, like a master of arts in curriculum and instruction, Mm -hmm. versus like just like a master of arts in education. Mm -hmm. So it was like. So I did get the pedagogy, which I really yeah. wanted. And now it's like I get to apply that now because I teach in a Montessori. So it's like.
0: Yeah, I I was. I mean, because it seems you do a lot of teaching. It yeah, seems that's like. for me. It I, seems like that's a big part of what you do. I'd,
1: I made a decision. I had like I moved to California under the premise of like working mm-hmm. in the studio and touring with this band. Mm hmm. And we did that. Is that
0: hibbity dibbity? Yeah, hibbity dibbity.
1: <laughs> yeah, hibbity dibbity. We, yeah, it was amazing. I learned so much. It was like you—you you have all these experiences. You travel across the country and back, mm-hmm. and you go up and down the coast. And we just like played as many shows as we could really manage. And uh, and then I, uh, I started teaching at the end there, and it's just like because it was like you, you get low on money, and you're like, okay, I got to do something that's a little more consistent. Yeah. I was like, I had yeah, another crisis moment. I feel like those crisis moments—they <laughs> like, just keep make happening. People, uh. I feel like <laughs> in a freelance career where there's like really no certainty, yeah. like you—you you get cr- overworked and you gotta you you gotta find this balance. It's a very hard thing. Yeah. You, you do a lot of free stuff. Oh, you need to do more paid stuff. Like yeah. You, you, because you should be doing some free stuff, but and you should you're also like, be doing do some paid stuff. And you're like, do I like stuff.
0: any of this? <laughs> yeah, and you're like, you're
1: like, Oh my God, like I'm just stressed out trying to book everything or like right. doing the doodles. Yes, I don't, like, oh my God. The like trying to match your schedules. But with the band, there was buy in. Everybody wanted to do that. Yeah. And that was why it was a really magical thing is there were five of us and mm-hmm. we like all really like wanted to make that band a priority. Where I had been in a lot of other bands and
0: everybody's not like quite on the same yeah. It's like oh, it's fun to play
1: music together and play a gig like once a month or whatever. And I, you get a bunch of those type casual experiences. Where this was like, I'm. It's a crazy story. I so I went out to record with this in California mm-hmm. in the studio. My buddy was a. This is yeah. This is a story right here. <laughs> this fine. is a story. <laughs> it's, a, it's a. But anyways, so I was backpacking. <clears throat> I finished graduate. Mm-hmm. Me and one of my best friends, we went backpacking for two months. Mm-hmm. We just drove around the country and just like, camped and mm-hmm. just like, we went up at, into Canada. We were driving down the coast and my parents had just moved to San Francisco. So it's was like, oh, let's stop over there and like go visit, right? Mm-hmm. So we go visit and uh, I ended up getting in contact with like one of my other friends there. So we're like hanging out with my, at my parents' place, doing the, doing the sights. but then we go and see my buddy. And my buddy, he's like, yo, I, like, work at this studio. You should come jam and, like, do an audition and see what my boss thinks. Uh, so I, I, we go over there, we're hanging out, and this guy wants to just pay musicians to be in the room with him and have a great time <laughs> and, like, support us. And it was, so it's, like, mm-hmm. this very, like, magical, like, he's, like, he's, like, it's, like, it's, like, a benefactor. Oh, okay, Like, yeah, from, like, yeah. um, um, like, like, your pa- your patron. yeah, yeah, yeah like yeah, the yeah, old yeah. times
0: that's what i want i just want a patron oh <laughs> it was it was
1: great and we started out and we just like we're recording in the studio and he had this like band put together so i like play keyboards in it and like i had like a academic understanding so i could like kind of like help inform elevate the music right mm-hmm. and like so it, it's like its own thing and we just have so much fun and he is such such an incredible vibe he's such an incredible person he's this economist he'll he yeah he just would like work from home invite <laughs> you over and he's just this ridiculous old man who's oh, like man. this kook of a he's not an old man yet he's like maybe like in his fifties but uh, we his studio was in his house which was like on top of the hill in Berkeley oh my God. overlooking the Bay Area in this like so it was like we go there every day and we'd work like eight hours <laughs> and like in the studio That's and like absurd. just hang out <laughs> just hang out but I went to california for that reason mm. and hibbity-dibbity came into the equation because i was there and one one of our free nights my buddy was like yo my my friend from high school is playing guitar in this band mm-hmm. we should go see them I was like, okay let's go see them so we drive up and we went it was the first time i'd ever been to this place called the boom boom room which i probably have played at a dozen times yeah they have an organ there and... a 1950s b3 it's it's john lee hooker's old venue now it's owned by some people the boom boom room's a great place and uh we go there for the first time and hibbity dibbity they got the bus out front. Mm-hmm. I'm like, whoa, this is cool. And he's just con. a little they got a little bit of country, a little they got a <laughs> swagger setting up on stage, and then this dude walks up to me and he's like, Benny and the Jets. I was like, What? Excuse me. <laughs> for one of my high school talent shows with my roommate who lives right here. Yeah, yeah. We did Benny and the Jets, oh. a three piece, like Bass piano, and he sang it. Yeah, and it was like it was the hit of our town. Like it was front page <laughs> of the newspaper. So it was like for me growing up, that was like affirming moment. Like,
0: right. Like like, like,
1: like wow. Like people would be like, "Hey, come to my party," because now they knew me. Where before they had no idea who I was. <laughs> it was so it was my cred it was and it the was Jets. my claim to fame. <laughs> and you're like, "Oh, like you're the piano player in Benny and the Jets." So this dude in San Francisco, California, walks up to me. He's like. He's like, uh, Benny and the Jets. I was like, he's like, yeah, Lake Forest High School (laughs) talent show. I was like, I was like, who are you? He's like, I'm, I'm, I'm Ben Van, and Ben Van lives here now. We're super close friends. He's a film score guy. (laughs) But uh, anyway, so he's at this venue, and he's like, yo, this dude we went to high school with, uh. His, his name is Parker Simon, mm-hmm. bass player of Hibbity Dibbity. He's playing bass. I'm friends with him. This weird connection. So I saw this That's band really play, familiar. and they played Neil Young the whole first set. And uh-huh. for me, Neil Young's like, mm. yeah, like he's hits it right in the right place. Mm-hmm. And uh, and then I remember we went out for the set break because for some reason we found out that my buddy who I was with his car had gotten broken into. And uh, but anyway, so we go back in and I, and I play a song like I sit in with the band. Mm-hmm. Because their keyboard player didn't show up, right? Cause, and now I had this, like, weird connection. So like, yeah. oh, yeah, come in, sit in. So we're um, I go up and sit up on stage, and I just, like, play along with their songs. And their their songs, like, were the type of songs that were, like, intuitive. So it was yeah. easy to play it along. It was easy like, to just kind of jump in. Yeah, 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 and it's, like, intuitive in, like, a really good way. Mm-hmm. And, and for me, I was, like, very endeared toward it. I was, like, whoa, and, like, it was, like, kind of, like, improvisatory and like they they had this like cool little vibe Mm -hmm. right so they're like i played a song and they're like okay like come play another song and they end up playing the whole set to like three in the morning at the boom boom room classic at the boom boom room
0: so you were clearly at the right place at the right time yeah right place right (laughs) time i
1: just sat in with them and played the whole second set and then they're like you want to come to the gig next saturday and it just kind of spiraled in and out and i was yeah. actually paying for rent because i had the studio gig that paid well mm-hmm. i was paying for rent in denver while living at my parents place in california Whoa. and so that was like i like moved back to denver after that and i was like in denver i was like what am i doing i was like i'm going to go move to california and play in this band <laughs> yeah so i like i did that and that was Boom. like really special and they let me into their family and i kind of I wasn't, a, I wasn't, I don't know. I needed a change in my life. Mm-hmm. And I felt a lot of pressure from like the whole situation. Cause like we had been, we'd been through the ringer. We did like a, a year and a half straight of like, just doing our best. Yeah. That was, yeah. For me, <laughs> that, I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. I, I totally kind of went off on no, that. That's but that fine. Was, so that was how I joined the band and it was magic.
0: Yeah.
1: It was yeah. like California magic. It was bell bottoms and like. Long hair and I'm
0: sorry, when was this?
1: <laughs> I know, I know. So but but we, we we played off that niche, right? Mm-hmm. We were yeah, like yeah, the yeah. total like I like seventies Almond Brothers. Almond Brothers. is was like that yeah. was our bread and butter, and it was like for us it was like using that setting and like doing something different with it. But it yeah. was still like slide guitar, rhythm guitar, organ and roads, bass and drums. Yeah. Wow. Not two drummers. But the five piece. Nice. And so that was yeah. Yeah, but I but I needed a change.
0: Mm-hmm. I so you've been back in Chicago for did you say about a year
1: or yeah, over a year? Okay, over a year, like a year, a little over a year, a year and four, year and six, almost. Okay, year all and right. A half.
0: So um and you've you know started to really patch things together. You have teaching, you have some yeah. gigging, and um and you recently released um a solo, yeah, album yeah, called Set Adrift. Yeah. Um. Can you tell me a little bit about how that came to be?
1: Yeah, that, for me, it was an indulgence. Uh-huh, yeah. It was very much like, I, I had had this idea from college, and then for me, the education degree was like, I had to stop my music life, because mm-hmm. I was just teaching. Yeah. And for me, that was hard. Like yeah. Like, you, you lose, once you say no to a gig, <laughs> you're not going to get that gig back. And for me, I had, I was getting calls, which was nice. And, like, I was doing the freelance thing. Mm-hmm. So I stopped my life, and it was hard to get that going. And I really, I don't know. I felt, I felt that I needed to. It's like that pursuit of balance, right? Mm-hmm. So, like, like I had this solo piano album in mind. I, I like had these like very inspired, like this guy Tigran Hamasyan, this Armenian yep. pianist, who's like, I got to see him play and like hear his album, and I was oh, like, yeah? it's like storytelling at the piano, right? Yeah. And that's that's really what I wanted to was like something that was like. I don't know. I just had started get, getting to this place, and I felt like I could contribute to like a very niche mm-hmm. thing yeah. and do my own thing. And for me, I had like put off put it off for such a long time. I was going to do it. I put it off. I like hurt my finger one time. I was supposed to go in the studio. I was like, "How can I play with like a like I, I don't know <laughs> a if I sprained it." Yeah, <laughs> exactly. And, and yeah, like not ideal. so, so it was like this weird thing. And like I was in the band, right? Mm-hmm. And we had a month off. We took January off. Okay. I decided I was going to go take some money that I'd made and just record. Yeah. So this is in Berkeley, California. <coughs> this is probably 2015, just turned 2015, mm-hmm. and uh, maybe 2016. And uh, I recorded this like beautiful little studio. It, they changed their name. I think they were called Rehab Records before. Okay. And uh, they had this beautiful old little like 1920 Chicago Kimball. Mm-hmm. It had this like character, and I really liked the sound of it and uh so i uh i booked a booked a session 2 days and uh recorded as much as i could record yeah and uh i had like planned this material and the thing is like like a solo piano thing is like you there's not very forgiving in terms of yeah. recording. I'd done a lot of recording work, and there's stuff we can go back and just change it. It's easy, right? We're like, the take is the take. It's hard to cut. Like, so yeah. if everything had to be like clean the and like. That it, yeah. Exactly. <laughs> so for me, it was like to practice. It took a lot of practice, but, and I, maybe it was under practice, but I went in there. I recorded a bunch of songs. I maybe picked, a, I think, six of them in mm. the end that I liked. And then when I moved to Chicago, I was like, that was my first priority, was to finish that, right? i had quit this band. I'm going to settle down for a little bit. I'm going to find a stable job. I started teaching in the suburbs. And I mm-hmm. fell into this opportunity teaching in the loop at this wonderful music school called New Music School. Mm-hmm. I went in, uh, in the fall, I was going to do an album release. Mm-hmm. So I was like, I'm gonna finish it. I got it mastered. I I I went and did another session mm-hmm. with this guy, Seth. Seth Angle, who plays in this band, Options, part of Super Records. He records like so many people. I, I can't name all the acts that he's in, but it's just an inspiring DIY guy. Yeah. And he hooked me up at this place called Min Ball. Okay. And then now I go to his other place, Palette Sounds he hooked me up with two free music videos for what? paying him to help record his sessions and mix my album.
0: Oh
1: man. So it's like, he's that type of guy where yeah. it's like, and that's, that's the type of person I want to be too. It's like, you always want to give. Yeah. And, uh, speaking of which I have presents for you later, <laughs> Okay. but, uh, but anyways, uh, so, so I finished the album, but that was like a whole process. And then I had this album release. And for me, I'd put my family and my friends and I moved here and I grew up here so I have a lot of family and friends. I'd put them through the ringer a little bit. Mm-hmm. I would tour through here with Hibbity Dibbity and like they'd come to some bar yeah. at like and we'd start playing at twelve thirty and play <laughs> yeah. till two in the morning and it was loud and like there were a lot of drunk people and like people didn't yeah. For my family I was like, you know what, I wanna do something that's like like what I did in college a little bit, mm-hmm. which was like, I like to do like a variety show. Like, like oh, yeah. having me like be like the producer and like put everything together and plan everything. So I, d- I did that with like recitals and whatnot. And I was like, I'm gonna do this with the album. So okay. I booked out this concert hall because I was like, I don't want to do a bar. Okay, yeah. I want, I want to do a concert hall. I want to do like a 7.30 on a Saturday night.
0: Wow, look at you. And so, <laughs> yeah, I know. And
1: for me, it was like I booked it. There's this beautiful concert hall in New Music School. Mm-hmm. I got to play on a Yamaha CFX, which is like my favorite piano. Mm-hmm. We don't have it anymore. We're Steinway School now. Oh, but okay. I like the Yamaha better. <laughs> but so what I did was I, the first half of the show, the first 45 minutes, was the solo piano album and I I did a little debut C for me it was like polishing like one of his I- images which is like these very difficult piano pieces mm-hmm. and I did one of those and I did a bunch of the uh bunch of the album like the select tracks that I wanted to do just mm. live and then my friend Leah she's a vocalist I used to play in her singer-songwriter band and she's just an amazing person and she came up and we did like a jazz standard nice and then so and like then I had friends. this band. Well, yeah. And then I had this band that I kind of just threw together for the the gig. And we yeah. actually we play like two gigs in a row. And we want to continue pursuing it, but it's this band that we we call Softy, soft men, like, soft rock. I like that. No drums, kind of like Steely Dan, like telling some like stories oh, about man. weird eclectic people. And it's just like
0: that's great.
1: Yeah, I love it. That. Came the name came from this song that we have called Softy the Drifter, which is about this guy. And, uh, like, for me, I, I wrote this song about this guy in the Haight-Ashbury. I spent a lot of time in the Haight-Ashbury when I lived in San Francisco. Yeah. Not because I, like, wanted, it just, like, it was where people lived. And it's, like, okay. this guy who wore a pork pie hat and oh had a purple my. velvet coat. And the last time I saw him, he's, like, I'm blowing in the wind as he's, like, f- going across the street. And uh, he called me like the bagman because I had this like very fancy like floral like little seventy su- suitcase thing.
0: Oh my! And uh,
1: he's like, "Oh, it's the Bagman And we would talk ba- about music. He's this weird dude, but that was what the song was about. It's and about- uh, yeah, so so we kind of like built all these weird songs about like like we have another song about old flamingo, which is like right. your old like lady benefactor friend. Ah, who, like, okay, takes okay, care of, you know? yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. Oh yes, I definitely know what yes, that's like.
1: <laughs> yes, yeah. Yes, but it's just a, like it, it, we just have some fun with it. So that was that was the second half.
0: Okay. And it was really
1: funny cuz like it's kind of we were a little vulgar. Uh-huh. And uh for my family, they really like like for <laughs> us it was like that's just like kind of normal life, but for them it was like oh, us were, being us, they oh, were okay. like they were like, "Oh my They're god." Like it,
0: oh, Will and his friends. Yes, <laughs> but this
1: album release, I like was so blessed. It was like I I I had anticipated It was like a fifty room seat. I was like, Can we get sixty seats? She's like, Yeah, we can get fit sixty seats in there. So we fixed Mm -hmm. sixty seats and seventy-five people came. What? So it was like standing room. So that was like it was magic in the room. Now I was I was a total I was like super stressed out with the music. Right. And like just like the whole so much communication with people. It was with Hibbity Dibbity, you had five people to help with it. For me, it was just me. Right. So that was like a lot more. But it was a labor of love. I had merch. I'm gonna give you some merch. And uh, and uh, I had the solo piano. I had Leah, and then I had the band, and like my parents, they came. And for them, it was like it was Aww. nice to see, like not it was like a concert hall, like, yeah, not like a not like a venue of me like playing yeah. loud rock and roll music, yeah, raucously. Like they can appreciate that, but right, it's not the same. It's, it's nice like, that
0: you like catered to them. Yeah, I yeah. was it was
1: it was like for the people that I love like that. So that was that was amazing, and just like for me, it's like. I I'm on to the next thing right now. Yeah. I, I've always it's like it's like that was like a completion of like the first part of my life, like a total indulgence of like mm-hmm. and now it's like for me I'm at this place musically where it's like I, I understand. Like I have the whole like wilk thing and I'm trying to like I'm gonna I'm about to reimagine that. I'm talking I'm working with this guy. We're gonna be making some music videos mm-hmm. um for this like new project, kind of like I don't know. It's very like a. Uh, I love good rhythm.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: I want it to have good rhythm. I want it it's 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 got like a like a positive message. Mm-hmm. It's like it's like for me, it's like I've had to write a lot of songs, yeah to like get to the like you got to strip away all the layers till you start getting at good things like write all the cliche yeah songs. it's
0: like you write all you have to just but keep writing are. and then like all of this other like crap that you don't like comes out and then like with you're like oh wait no here's the good stuff i found it like. yeah no
1: totally that's ex- no that's that that's exactly what it is and no. it's just like you gotta i still have yet to find the right bass player mm-hmm but I don't want to put any pressure on it. And I don't like, want to. It'll happen when it happens. Exactly. Yeah. I, I I I don't want it. Like I'm working. I was recording today. I'm like doing all the stuff, like self producing it, like mm-hmm. like synths and whatever, everything. Uh, but I want to have a live band. I don't have a trio mm-hmm. with it, which like kind of like in Thundercat style. i you're yeah. familiar with Thundercat. Yes. Mm-hmm. He's like, like my dreams one day would be on Brainfeeder, because
0: mm-hmm.
1: like, I think that's the flying lotus label yeah and like i think like he just it's about taking a chance and that's what i want to do with music i don't want to like i'm like i've i'm done playing with people Mm -hmm. like like play playing with playing with people like like doing their thing like i'm like a support guy yeah yeah, i did that for a long time Mm -hmm. and you learn so much but for me it's like you also want to my... do
0: your own creative things. Yeah. So, sure. so
1: the piano album was an indulgence. I was like, let me do that. Whatever, first album be a solo piano album. Why not? But mm-hmm. this, the project, is really what I want to invest in and like really like focus on. And it's been like a year in the making. So,
0: wow. Well, good luck. Yeah. It's yeah. gonna be great. <laughs> it's
1: for me. It's yeah. You just learn by mm-hmm. f- by f- messing up a lot.
0: Right. 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 Yeah. And I feel
1: like that's what we do as a music career.
0: Yeah. It's a lot of just sort of like. A, it's like when I would be in a lesson with my old teacher, and I would be, like, screwing up or whatever, and he's like, you're just, you're just bumping into poles and shit, and I like, feel <laughs> like, like that's just, like, what being a musician is. You're just bumping into poles and shit, and yep. you're like, well, that didn't work.
1: You're like, you're, and you're like, do I like this? Like, Because right. it's, like, not only, like, what, like, oh, like, the idea of being, like, you could just play, like, just wedding gigs all the time, and... Uh, yeah, but just like I I've done the playing thing for a long time, and mm-hmm. like you can, you can fight for that twenty thousand a year. Yeah, you can fight for that. That's like that's like a freelance. But the education for me is like no stress. I I show up. It's stressful in terms of like the students, but it's different.
0: <laughs> Those students they can really stress
1: you. <laughs> well, just like just like making sure everything's you want, running. You want to make sure that when like you got they're on the right
0: st- track and and. Um, everybody's doing what they're supposed to be doing, and yeah, um, and I then, think I have
1: twenty seven students right now. Oh my god! And I have seven classes that I do. Oh
0: my god!
1: So it's like when <laughs> so you have twenty seven, there's like a <laughs>
0: yeah.
1: Somebody's usually always having a, a little issue, right? Like going to the dentist, or right. like so it's like it's it's just you gotta make sure and it's like you gotta build the relationships with the parents just yes. as much as you do with the students and. I work with some young kids. Yeah. I work with some adults. Mm-hmm. I, like, I do all the ages. And every level, it takes like a, you got to invest in that. And for me, it's just yeah. like become like, I'm used to it. But I didn't used to like, I used to me to be like, oh, I just want to show up and teach and that's it.
0: Mm-hmm. It's, but it makes it harder. Yeah, and you, and I feel like it's also like, uh, kids especially, I think can more than we realize, like catch on to when somebody's just phoning it in. You know, like they know yeah. if they know if they're your side hustle, you know, yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. And nobody wants to feel like that. So it's you have to go in and like give it your all. And
1: oh, yeah. For me, it's like the most rewarding is when you uh, for me, I think of it like extrinsic motivation versus intrinsic motivations, mm-hmm. like a student that's extrinsically motivated by their parents to play music yeah. versus this kid who's like, I like to play music. And yeah. I know because I was watching a Ben Street, this New York bass player, I was watching his uh, one of his videos, he's talking. He's like, Man, music's mean. Music's hard. <laughs> you're like this young kid and you're like coming to school. Like, you're like, Oh, I'm going to study music. It's going to be so much fun, right? Mm-hmm. And then, like, you got to learn how to like touch this thing, how to like <laughs> blow into this. You got to learn like the fundamentals of like technology. Trial by fire. Yeah. And it's, it's just brutal. Like, because it just <laughs> takes hours. Like, yeah. think of like what it takes to produce a good note on the cello.
0: Oh my god.
1: Like how long? Like I I oh my god. when I where I one of the and where I teach in the suburbs is a big string place because mm. the wife runs a music school, the husband runs a luthier.
0: Oh okay. Is yeah, a yeah, luthier yeah.
1: for like violins and everything. So like it's years, like one to two years to really start like intonation and like all these things to like that's And you're
0: just like, how do I keep this kid hooked? Yeah How do I keep no, them but, like <laughs> But for me it's
1: like you gotta trick them. You gotta be a trickster. Absolutely. You gotta you gotta be like hey You gotta tell them one thing when you actually mean another thing. Because if you told them that, hey, you just need to do this. Like, I can't do this for you. I can show you everything. I can make it as easy as possible. But what it comes down to is you need to go home and you need to do this. You need
0: to go home and you shed until you that. don't you, sound like crap you,
1: anymore. You can't, you can't tell <laughs> you can't them that. You can't say
0: that. You have to be like, you're doing really, really well. And uh, we're just going to take another look at this and just do these couple of things. And it's going to yeah. be great. You're sounding great. <laughs> <laughs> everything's great. Everything's great. <laughs>
1: hey, I do. I wholeheartedly believe encouragement is mm-hmm. like should be core of oh, music yeah. education. Yeah. Like like you should be like, yes, the littlest thing counts. And like you should make a big deal about the littlest thing. I think that's like but not if it's nothing. Right. Only the littlest thing. Yeah. If you like played that a little <laughs> better, yes, I will say you did that. Yeah. But uh but yeah that's the thing is like music's just unforgiving. Yeah. And, and 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 like you you look at students and like they I don't know you have they're all there's so many different types of students right but with a young kid i i gotta trick them Mm -hmm. i gotta be the trickster with with but but once there's the buy-in once they're like hey i want to do this it's Mm -hmm. easy yeah it's that you're done i don't know the teaching for me is so invigorating that in
0: itself is is worth what you put into it
1: yeah i mean the thing is your work like even when you're working with the most fundamental concepts in music i think people like for me I'm like such a minimalist now. I like don't I'm I'm so bad. I, me and my roommate, we joke, we like we stopped listening to music. We only listen to ambient music now.
0: Oh my.
1: <laughs> like Brian Eno. <laughs> I've been listening to more music, mostly country now, but oh, the okay. but that's just like I don't know, when I'm working with the fundamental concepts of music, it's so it's just as amazing as the most advanced concepts. And yeah. people kind of look, "Oh, the quarter note." Oh, the eighth note, right? But these are kind of <laughs> magical things. Like mm-hmm. they, they—they're not just quarter notes and eighth notes, right? They—they they mean this something. Is,
0: it is not the lowly quarter note. Yeah. It is the all-important sacred quarter <laughs>
1: <note> <laughs>
0: that people don't want to read as a quarter note, and you're like, no, yeah, that's a quarter well, note. it
1: could be like, don't, 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 or it could be like, don't, 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 don't. Right. It can be different beats, different pulses,
0: different personalities on different days. Yeah. Any other, like, upcoming projects or, like, long-term goals, things that you're excited about could be with teaching or performing or writing or... Yeah.
1: For me, I'm settled with teaching. It's, it's <laughs> perfect right now. Like, mm-hmm. I have such a different job. I don't have... It's like I wanted to find that so I can like have like this day-to-day where I just like record and I'm like working on this right now and I'm gonna get this music video I'm gonna rebrand the Wilk project with this kind of like trio like singer-songwriter like kind of like I'm, I'm thinking I'm gonna go record like two piano voice tracks of these two new songs and just do like very stripped down and I'm gonna do I have like some stuff I've been working on like kind of more electronic um uh like beady kind of things that uh but it's songs. It's mm-hmm. songs with like, it's kind of like how James Blake does it a little bit. Oh, okay. But my own thing, a little more, Some <laughs> sometimes a little more like funky, but uh, mm-hmm. like Herbie Hancock funk. Yeah. But, uh, and not like the people always think Headhunters. Mm-hmm. I'm talking like.
0: Are you talking like This Is The Drum, I'm, Herbie? Ooh, oh, no, I'm talking, <laughs> like, I'm talking like
1: like Flood. Oh. <laughs> flood is like, like live 1974 in Japan with oh, the okay. best, with his best funk band, like, but when he was taking chances, and like for me, I came, I, I, I am a '60s Miles Davis second quintet guy. Mm-hmm. That is, that's what made, that's what grew me up, made me interested in music. Yeah. It's like Wayne Shorter, Miles Davis, Ron Carter, Tony Williams, Herbie Hancock. Mm-hmm. And for me, my how I hear music is how they hear music, mm-hmm. and that's been like a lifelong. I mean, I don't hear music like that. Like, <laughs> I wasn't going to say that's, anything. No, that's that's. Uh, <laughs> I I'm, mean, I'm, sometimes I'm ahead of myself. <laughs> what I, what, I aspire. hmm mm-hmm. They are, for me, the creme de la creme. Yeah. They're the, they're the opus. They're like, for me, like, that, Just like, and they, they, they've made a living what they were doing and that's pretty magical and for people to do that nowadays. Yeah. I just want to say thank you. I know what this means. I've, I toured in this band and like, we relied on people, right? Mm. So thank you. Like, it's my pleasure. So. I hope. I hope you do keep doing this. I hope I can help out <laughs> in any way. I hope like I can like give you shout outs or whatever, or, like figure that. this That's out, great. like because like this is the first time and it was awesome, yeah. but I would hope to maybe do it again sometime. Yeah.